Welcome to Cat's Crypto Peepcast. Revealing reviews, titillating tech talk, never, ever financial advice. Welcome everyone to the Cat's Crypto Peep Show, Dead Monkeys slash Phase Protocol AMA. I am here. I am Catherine Jenkins, and I am here with Batman, my right-hand man, and I'm also here with Devour, who is, um, he will tell me his official title, but he is absolutely <laughs> um, the head honcho at both Dead Monkeys and Phase Protocol, so we're going to find out more about both of those things today. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, Devour. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get started, I will say, uh, well, firstly, I've been uh, a part of Dead Monkey Dow since May, and I was introduced to the Dead Monkeys by Batman. Batman, how long have you been in uh, Dead Monkey Dow? Oh, man, um, I've been with them since since uh, Devour and uh and professor mint derug the last one <laughs> so I, I was in the previous project as well so I've, I've been i've been with them for a long time and i absolutely love it yeah it's a great community so i've also uh come on as an alpha caller for them so i post calls there and i also help out with searching for whitelists for giveaways so i love dead monkeys i love devour i love the whole team so i'm really honored that you guys um I've decided to do an AMA with me, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I'd also like to say before we get started that this AMA is made possible by Cat's Crypto Peep Show VIP Room Experience, which we launched on August 11th. This is the private area of my Discord where we put community and values first. Anyone who auditions and is accepted for VIP by September 8th receives a 14-day trial and the OG VIP peep roll, which will give you, um, which you will have forever, even if you cancel and come back later. This gives you special perks and benefits for everything that the peep show comes out with in the future, be it NFTs or tokens, etc. And you can find a link to the audition as well as all the information on VIP in our server um, in the VIP room info channel. And a big shout out to Setsuna, who just received the first ever Peep Show Welfare, uh, which gave him one month free access plus $25 in crypto. So we'll be opening up Welfare again at the end of September. So with no further ado, um, let's get into the main event, which is Dead Monkeys and Phase Protocol. So I will start by asking you first, Devour, um, firstly, what is your role within Dead Monkeys and Phase Protocol, but also let's start and tell everyone what Dead Monkeys is. What exactly is Dead Monkeys? A D-Rug that um, myself and, as you said, Professor Mint um, underwent back back in the day. Um, but the project originally was called Mutated Monkeys, and so that took place, minted out in October. It was one of those quote-unquote stealth mints, promise of an ohm fork, the whole nine yards, and ended up rugging. And uh, myself and Mint and the rest of the team managed to derug it successfully, or dropped all holders, new NFTs, and started our a new community, our new journey from there. Um, I'm very happy with how far we've come. 
So that's just kind of a very high level overview of what Dead Monkeys is and kind of how we came to be. Gotcha. So that's Dead Monkeys. It was it used to be Mutated Monkeys, and you guys derugged it. And so what made you want to derug Dead Monkeys? Like, were you in the community and like you saw it unfold and you just wanted to do something about it? Or how did that come about? Yeah, so I was a, um, at the time, there was a lot of stealth mints going around. And these stealth mints, I think the reason they went around is because of Boyoku Dragons. They were kind of like the quote unquote first stealth mint on Solana. And those blew up and people decided to follow that metric because all the other very large supply NFTs are starting to see kind of a decline. So people, when they made new projects, they'd make them with low supplies to kind of match that new demand. And this was one of, I'd say, probably like seven projects I quote-unquote stealth minted and got into. And it was actually one of the ones that I spent most of my time in because the community was actually awesome. You On low supply projects, especially stealth mints, you'd have a lot of um, dead communities um, that people were just there just for the money. They'd flip and get out, and then the community would die. But this is the only one where I saw an actually active and pretty awesome community. So when they rugged, um, it was more of a feeling of like they didn't deserve this because everyone here was pretty awesome. So that's why I decided to to derug it. Originally, I underst- I had a base level understanding. It kind of become it divulges into more than you can imagine derugging but i had a base level understanding of of what it took so i wasn't originally gonna do it unless i had help and when my uh one of the other mods in there approached me about it and like okay if i'm gonna have some help i'll do it and then we ended up having like a team of five people right off the bat and it made it a whole lot easier than than it otherwise would have been cool so this was was this your first undertaking in derugging a project um had you done it before or did you just you had seen it happen before so you knew what to do uh i I had thought of starting my own nft project so i knew how just how it would how hard it would be to start one um which also isn't easy um but derugging it is basically starting one with no funds and then from a dev perspective it is um even more complex because you have to airdrop the NFTs. So I knew it would be complex and with little funding, but um, I've always been a crazy person who likes to do the right thing. So <laughs> that's that's how I knew. Gotcha. Okay. And you're a developer yourself. Like you're, I mean, obviously your name is Devour, but like you're a, you're like a rest dev or, or what do you do? No, I'm not a dev. Um, I mean, I can do like very slight things. Like I can help program some Discord bots. Um, I wouldn't really consider that developing. Um, but given that I can do that, I have like a pretty good translation because I think a lot of the times NFT projects, they have like this um, miscommunication between um, dev teams and mar- marketing teams or the rest of the team. So given that I can understand what they're saying because they can sometimes speak a whole different language and translate it into uh, into English is always helpful. But no, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a dev. Um, Professor Mint was the man on the team that um, became our lead dev. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was about to say that it must be Professor Mint. Do we have like any other um, developers on our team right now for either like Dead Monkeys or FaZe? Yeah, so FaZe is comprised of um, a bunch of members, so business developers, but our coding developers. It's a four-man dev team currently. Cool. So I guess we could um, also say... 
what is phase protocol? Now, this is um, newer than Dead Monkeys. You guys just revealed phase very recently. So why don't you just tell everyone exactly what phase is? Yeah, so phase protocol was um, an undertaking that started with the um, Dead Monkeys team. It was myself, Professor Mint, um, the team of devs that we have over there. So four of them, they were, um, again, myself, Professor Mint, um, Adam, Extra Hash, and, and Board King. Uh, we all kind of started this along with Slorg, and it ended up divulging into a much bigger project with a lot of other projects involved. So it became like this giant, I'd say, D-Rug slash ecosystem-wide collaboration to to make this ecosystem safer again. So um, what it basically was, the way, let me read, let me uh, go back a little bit. The way it started is um, one of the things we always wanted to build and MKs in the audience can confirm this is a um, a social platform because when we got rugged, the, one of the main reasons why we were able to derug is because they never deleted the Discord and Twitter, um, so the community still stayed intact. But lots of rugs aren't as fortunate, and the co- communities just get deleted with the click of a button. Um, so what we wanted to build, and we actually we did end up building an MVP for it, is a decentralized social media platform. Um, but as time went on, we continued to develop it. We recognized that there was a huge problem at play here, which is a liquidity loss problem. Like rug pulls are so prominent. Um, I also am a part-time blockchain investigator. And the second we would solve a case, um, I'd say another three or four popped up in its place. And that's just not sustainable from an ecosystem perspective. So if we came out with a social platform, we feared that it would not gain adoption as people would be so jaded from the space and getting rugged every, I don't know, every mint that they jump into. So we decided to pivot just for a little bit and build out this product. And then we can always go back to it or even build out something new and and better. So that's what phase protocol is. It's to solve that problem that I was just mentioning, which is liquidity loss and losing of, you know, retail customers. I think that's a huge problem that we have. And, um, what it basically is is new mints will be able to create a roadmap. And instead of 100% of mint funds going to the projects right off of the bat, now it gets vested over these roadmap phases. That's where the name phase protocol comes from. Awesome. And yeah, so that's that was the idea that I got from phase protocol is it was meant to keep liquidity in the ecosystem instead of in the pockets of people who ultimately either scam or just don't deliver on their promises for their product and end up like slow rugging basically. Um, so that was, that's kind of like the way that I look at phase protocol. And you also led us into the next thing that I wanted to ask you just to kind of give an overall idea of this whole, like, you know, your whole deal you got going on. Um, you mentioned the decentralized social media platform and I'm you're referring to Dead Social, I would imagine. So would you like to tell everyone a little bit more about what Dead Social is or how it would work? You said um, you mentioned like uh, the social channels being deleted sometimes when these projects rug. So would that would Dead Social um, remedy that somehow? Yeah. So the thought process behind social is it would completely remedy that um, it would remove the ability for founders to delete these communities with the click of a button and allow for a, even if they wanted to derug, a derugging process to commence. Um, so that, that's, that was the main problem. And that's the reason, again, why I was able to 
Derug Mutated Monkeys is because they didn't get deleted. And I felt fortunate for that. And so I wanted other communities to be able to partake in something like that. But then I think phase protocol goes a step deeper in solving that issue of communities not getting rugged in the first place. So there's a bifurcated, um, I'd say, result here where you get, if it does rug, then there's this option. But hopefully phase protocol will stop that from even happening in the first place. So that's that's kind of what dead social is, um, just more decentralized, because I think the way the crypto is meant to be is decentralized. And NFTs and the way we go about them in this ecosystem is kind of the antithesis of that. Everything's centralized. Project founders get the option and ability to delete your NFTs if they want to in a moment's notice. They can delete you from a community, ban you forever. Um, all of this is kind of, um, in my opinion, not sustainable. And I'm not sure that retail will ever take us seriously if we continue down that path. That's fantastic. I think you you take things a step further. Like We like to throw around the term decentralization and say that we want it and we identify the things that are centralized and complain about them but we don't offer, you know, most people don't offer solutions to make things more decentralized. And you absolutely are um, with phase protocol. So I think that that's really cool. So it sounds like with dead social, that kind of evolved into this idea for phase protocol. Do you still feel like dead social is something that you guys are going to continue to work on? Or is that kind of put on the back burner for now? Or how, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd say phase protocol, um, short term is in front of mind. I'd say dead social is the long term. The goal, but um, social media platforms in Web3 are becoming uh, oversaturated very quickly. Um, and so I think something that our team's really good at is judging market sentiment and building from there. So, whatever we do, I hope Phase Protocol, one thing it will do is ensure that we have the funding to be able to build out that next thing, whether that's dead social or whether that's something else. But that being said, we do have an MVP for Dead Social already live, and there might be other product players out there that are hoping to build something like this. So there might be collaboration opportunities there, um, and then we can even go and build something else. Um, it's not like a single product or even two products is the end goal here. We can continue building with this giant team we have. Very cool. And uh, Batman and I noticed that during the Hacker House presentation in Krakow, there was a slide that said Phase Protocol was powered by Dead Social. So what was your um, like thought process behind saying that? Yeah, because I think that's still the current, anyways, current long-time goal is to make it powered by the team that builds out Dead Social. Um, so uh, that's kind of the idea here, because if we do end up building out Dead Social... Um, then something that'll be cool is adding phase protocol into these communities. So if you could hop into a community, let's say one that's sponsored, not sponsored, secured by phase protocol, you can go in there, check their announcements, you can chat with community members, you can also view their roadmap via phase and, and where they're currently at with it. So I think all of that transparency would be really cool in a one-stop shop. But um, again, that that's the long-term goal there. So we wanted to kind of start throwing that name around. But again, something that is really important about this space is adapting. So I don't want to lock us into a single thing. We could even do that and then something else. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right, so I wanted to uh, ask some things about you specifically, Devour. Um, do you have a job? Do you have like a full-time job outside of all of this? I do, I do. I, I work in real estate currently. So, um, you know, Looking at properties a lot of the day, but I, one thing that I've uh, 
I've come to realize is that I'm a guy who hates sleep and free time because real estate doesn't have a, um, it's not a nine to five opportunity, I would say. It, it is more of, you know, odd hours. So I, I decided to hop into Web3 with my free time. So that's kind of the balance I have is um, right now it is Web3, then my job and then everything else in my life. So about zero hours of free time in the day. Holy shit. Like I relate to that so much. I've never really heard it put that way. Like you hate sleep and free time. I make sure that I have like none of either <laughs> basically. So oh, wow. well, I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> no, you're not alone at all. <laughs> I think even uh, Batman can probably uh, agree as well a little bit. Um, we both, neither of us get enough sleep and uh, yeah, we're always doing something. So that's funny. So, uh, so I was going to ask if you find it hard to juggle a job and and Web three stuff, but no, it sounds like you don't. You got it figured out how to how to just have a crazy schedule all day. Am I correct in thinking that? <laughs> well, I'm just. I, I don't think it's ever easy, right? Um, especially when you have so many moving parts. But I've me and the team have managed to make it work um, so far, anyways, with personal lives because we all have those <laughs> with personal lives and um, working on this product and working on this team um, i'm sure some of the team down down below can kind of attest to that right we somehow uh figure out how to sneak personal lives into there too so also a little bit more about you how exactly did you get into crypto like what is your history uh with crypto devour yeah i've been in crypto for a little over two and a half years now um i got introduced by my friend i think that's kind of the most common aspect is getting introduced like word of mouth. Um, well, at least I think around that time anyways. So I got introduced by my friend and I hopped into NFTs, I would say year and a half ago, probably about a year and a half ago is when I would, I got into NFTs and I started off on Ethereum. Um, and I tried to buy an NFT and I noticed that to buy one, it cost me $200 in gas. And I immediately stopped doing that. And I um, managed, I, I transferred over to Solana. Cool. And now you mentioned that you are a part-time blockchain investigator. That's how you, that's how you would have called it, what you called it, right? So I'm curious, is this something that people hire you to do? Um, and also, you and Slorg, the owner of Soul Slugs, who's also behind Soul Incinerator, you, you guys kind of like started doing this together, right? So how did you, how did you get into doing that? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. So there's there's a bunch of us that looked into it, and s someone on the audience, um, Magic DJ, and I, I call her MK. Um, she's looked into a few of them as well with us. But I'd say the team com is comprised of myself, Fast, Slorg, Mint, and 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 Board King also helps us look into them every now and then. Um, so and the way it came about, the way this team was kind of formed, was from Mutated Monkeys, the that rug so professor mint when mutated monkeys rugged he hit me up in the dms and he was like hey i think this is rugged and he sent me all of this info i was like holy i was like holy shit this is a lot of info okay let me let me look into this so i dug into it and so we kind of started to look into this together and then after about a couple hours of being on the phone he found out who it was and we then hit up Magic Eden, because this guy was um, a founder of another project. And they put us in contact with the co-founder, 
who happened to be fast. And so it was actually this man that went by the name of GFAX, and he was the co-founder of SoulBots with Fast as the other co-founder. And so we told Fast about it, and so that's how we kind of got into contact with Fast and how I've been such good friends with Fast. And then another one is there, was, there wasn't really any materials on how to derug, but there were materials on how to look into investigations, blockchain investigations, and where to go, and that was supplied by Slorg. At the time, he had a group called the Rug Scene Investigators, RSI. And so we went to his Discord, and I provided all this info to him, and he hopped over to ours and kind of helped us derug and, and became actually a, a pretty integral member of the community. And he then, since he likes looking into rugs, he wanted to look at our rug channel and, and all the info that we had. And then it just kind of divulged from there, and we all started looking at rugs together. And then Board King came along one day because he was working on a project that rugged. And he saw what we were doing, and he wanted to help out. So it, it all was kind of organic and natural, and now we kind of have this. We don't do it much anymore because we've been focusing on phase protocol so that we don't have to do it, but we all did look into rugs, um, I'd say, for the past six months. Hi, hi, Birdie. I wanted to introduce you since you came up here as well. How's it going, guys? I legit dropped my phone, and uh, the mic turned on my bed. <laughs> nice. Nice. And Bird is the best community manager that's out there. I swear, I swear. <laughs> he is a very good community manager. I agree. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I said the the whole story behind the dead monkey derugging is really cool. Um, did you guys all kind of meet each other through that? It sounds like this is kind of what. Or did you know? Did you know anyone before um, you decided to derug? Yeah. No, I was pretty new to the Solana ecosystem at the time, so I didn't know. I mean, I knew some people, um, but I, I probably started my Twitter a month before that. And I think at the time it's Discord and Twitter that are the main avenues of networking. And I hadn't really met anyone before that. And yeah, so kind of volunteering to derug dead monkeys and, and start this venture with them was kind of how I made most of my connections. Nice. So could you go into the process of like what you guys had to undertake in order to um, to actually derug this project? Yeah, so the first thing is creating a new Discord and getting members over there in a meaningful way. Because if you have, and, and first off, it was deciding if it's even worth it, um, getting community sentiment, because it does not only take a lot of time, but it also does cost money. So the first process was, figuring out okay is this worth it so we had to make a new discord and get people over there luckily i was a mod in mutated monkey so i was able to make an like, announcement saying everyone get get over here um so we made a new discord and then the second aspect was seeing how many people join which would kind of show whether or not they wanted to and we got a reasonable turnout so we decided to go along with it um next part is coming up with the team luckily our community was awesome as i was stating so we had about a five-man team at the time and then after that it is figuring out what you want to do with the art um, unfortunately we did not have an artist that came out of the community so we had to make do um, some of our team just hopped into photoshop made some new backgrounds we can't make whole new monkeys so um, we had to just hop into photoshop and change it up a bit just so you could tell you could differentiate between the old collection and the new collection um, so we differentiated it a bit. 
then there's a lot of votes that have to go on new name. Um, do, do we want to do this for the art? Do we want to do this for the art? So there's a lot of voting that takes place because it does have to be a community driven thing. And the last part is figuring out how you want to derug it. So in some situations you have the keys to the NFTs back. So if you manage to get in contact with the person who rugged, they'll hand you over the update off and you can um, take control of it that way. But the way we did it is we had to pay to basically airdrop all holders a new NFT. So that's what we did. We had to pay. It cost us probably at the time when Soul was, I think, 250 bucks, cost us about 15 Soul to, de- to airdrop all of these holders' new NFTs. So um, that's what we did. We created the new NFTs. We layered the art our- ourselves and then air- took a snapshot of all the wallets and airdropped them all out. And the ones that were listed on Magic Eden, um, what we could have done is kept those for ourselves, but we actually manually sent those back. So that took a bit of wallet tracking too to see who was the person that listed it, a.k.a. who was the holder before it entered um, Magic Eden's escrow, and then sent them a monkey as well. So it was a lot of manual process, and then at that time, it's quote-unquote officially derugged. But then you have to figure out what do you want to do from there, right? Just making a new collection, um, what, what is that really good for? You have to come up with future plans. What does this NFT mean? What is its end goal? Um, and so then it's a lot of brainstorming from there. So the technical aspect of derugging is is done after you airdrop, but it actually the, the project's just starting. Gotcha. And now, did you when you were doing all this, like when you decided you wanted to, to undertake this, did you think that the community would grow into what it is today? Did you think like dead monkeys would be what it is today, or what was your original like vision for it? I guess. I. I kind of thought so. Um, I thought the community would be awesome because it's, that's the main reason why I derugged it um, is because the people in there were such good people um, and honest people that would hold others accountable. And I think that that's really key, something that we are. And I think what it's kind of turned into is some people's like safe space because I know we're not, we derugged this. It's not like we're just going to disappear and, and, and rug again. Um, that would be rather unfortunate. So I think it's become a safe space where people are f- free to speak their minds and, and free to, to be themselves, which is exactly what I wanted it to be. And it's, in my opinion, what it's turned out to be. I think you're right. Like I immediately, even being very brand new to the community, um, assumed that I could trust you guys. <laughs> like you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna abandon a project that you put work into, um, to de-rug. So that makes total sense. Um, so in the past, there was an idea to build out a mutant token. Are you still thinking about having some type of utility token for dead monkeys? Do you see a need for something like that? So I think tokens are rather complicated. And I think they're a process that need, just like most business decisions, which don't get me started on NFT projects not being businesses and when they think they should think about them as businesses. But I think creating a token is a rather complex business decision that needs to be well thought out and you need to have a concrete reason why to do so because if you just come out with a token to come out with a token um, lots of times your nfts get tied to that token price and if you don't have sustainable ways of maintaining that token price your nfts will tank so um, the original concept was to make the mutated token so that it could be input into the ohm fork and kind of 
earned over time because home forks usually have like crazy APYs of like 30,000%. So that was the original goal. But um, I, as, as you can kind of tell in the past, home forks haven't turned out to be anything of substance. Um, they ended up being that one dream that was too good to be true. So yeah, they didn't turn out to be anything. So uh, not going to do that unless it makes sense. And so, yeah, not going to make a mutated token. If I did make a token, it would be called probably something like dead. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, we're not going to do that until it makes sense from a, both a business side and the user side. Well, I have to say that I do like the name dead better for a token. But what an intelligent answer. Like, And you made me think about all these projects, like all these NFTs that launch immediately. They immediately do staking like the day later and they have their token and you stake it and you do raffles and you you uh, you do raffles. I don't know what the hell else you're supposed to do with the token. And then the, you just watch the floor price just bleed out until it's like 0.01 soul. And then you're like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, uh, I commend you. <laughs> for thinking a little bit more about whether you should have a token or not or whether it makes sense instead of just doing it just to just to do it um so you are in the process of a rebrand uh, i saw either yesterday or today you, dead monkeys tweeted out that there was a rebrand going on so what is in store for that rebrand is it all just graphics or what do you got going on there yeah so we Hired the original, the, the new artist. Um, he's not like on our team, but he is um, a hired out artist, um, outsourced um, via Opportunity. Shout out them. Really awesome people over there. Um, also in charge of the um, Pesky Penguins art upgrade and some others. But um, so, yeah, the new art that you see in my profile picture was done by them. And yeah, we also hired them to do us to do some new logos and new banners, some other graphics as well. Um, just because I think it was time to, you know, be ourselves. We didn't really have any proper branding materials or a branding kit. So I think that's important. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And um, who did you say the artist was? I think you said, but I missed it. So his name is actually Illustranata, um, but he's comes from the project Opportunities. Um, and Opportunities, they have an NFT collection. And there are a bunch of things, but the thing that they're most known for is doing art rebrands. They have a team of like eight to 10 artists and they all have different styles and they, you, you go to them when you want art done um, by one of their artists. That's very cool. Yeah, definitely shout out to them. Uh, that is very interesting. Yeah, I do like the art upgrade and that happened before... Um, before we knew what face protocol was, we just all had our slashes everywhere in our in our names and our pictures, and you can see we still have them. This is where the slash came from. I don't know if people are fully realizing this at this point, because um, it was just like a viral, mysterious thing that everyone wants to get in on, but they didn't know why they wanted to get in on it, which was pretty cool. Um, so who who actually came up with the idea for phase protocol to use the slash since I've mentioned that? Um, whose idea was that? So that one was, um, I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, we ended up working with, his name's Kimo Sabe. He was the one of the founders and directors of the Solana Sanctuary, which are also in charge of deregging a bunch of projects, including Soul Bears. And I'm not sure if you guys remember those, the Senchis. But yeah, he... Uh, he came up with the idea um, when, when we made our logo. He helped kind of finalize that, and he thought, oh, this would be a really cool idea. 
if we kind of put out some cryptic tweets and said basically what they were standing for, like basically fuck rugging, um, all of this stuff, like we don't want the, we want to keep our liquidity power to the investors, all, all of these like very high level, like um, community sentimental ideas and then tied that to the slash. So the slash kind of took off a lot quicker than we anticipated, but um, it became something that was pretty cool. And you at one point couldn't hop into a space without seeing probably a half of the speaker panel have a slash and it being discussed on spaces. So it, it, it caught like wildfire and it, it did spread a whole lot faster because um, usually when you have something like that, it would, it's nice to catch the, that marketing at the top, like at the peak when everyone's talking about it and using it. And um, we just weren't ready. So we came out probably like a couple of days later than initially hoped for, but it was still awesome. And then people were like, oh, this is what the slash is about. Um, so it did still have that really big effect that we all wanted. Yeah, I think it worked really, really well. It was a really uh, good move that you guys made. Now, before we move on completely from Dead Monkeys, um, you mentioned finding out who the the, the founder was, uh, the person who rugged mutated monkeys, um, and that was Head Monkey, correct? Do you know what that guy is up to today? Or you know, did, did you did you keep tabs on him? Yeah, I sent him a legal demand letter hoping to get the funds back. So um going to wait and hear from him then. Um, haven't gotten many updates. He wrote back a few times, um, and none of them was he ever denying any sort of guilt or saying, no, I didn't do it. Um, but I'm just going to wait and, and see. Hopefully I get those funds back so I can use it to build up more cool dead monkey shit. Wow, that's amazing. That would be nice, wouldn't it, if the guy would cough it up that would be really good well it, um, the funds are still untouched like they're in a wallet yeah. that hasn't been touched for like six months i see so I, it's like okay all you got to do is a single transfer over to me and then it's, it's like it never happened right it's not like it has to come out of his bank account or something now that's weird yeah, exactly <laughs> okay well i was gonna ask originally um when you guys got the idea for phase protocol but it sounds like it's just been a process um, throughout all of this but um, do you feel like there was a specific point where you were like this is this is what we should make or this is what we need where you decided um, I guess to to really create phase protocol yeah so um, there was a specific moment and I remember I was on a call with shout out to my team it was myself Slorg Professor Mint and his name's Dan um, he was He's a tokenomist. He's a tokenomist. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that word anymore. But he <laughs> he um, is that, but he's also one of our lead business strategists. So um, when we decided not to go with a token, um, he was also there on that call to help us decide what we were going to do in the future. And what we decided to do was um, build out that social platform. And when we were in talks about the social platform, one of the things we were discussing is um, user inertia. Like there's a lot of inertia in the space. Um, once people get onto a platform, um, they don't generally like to change unless there's a huge draw for them to change. Unless there's a huge draw for them to um, change up their behaviors. Just humans are um, creatures of routine. People go, go on to Twitter as it is and go on to Discord. What are we going to do to change that? And so we were talking about unique ideas of something that we could do. And one of them was was phase, like implementing a product like this into the social platform. 
And so at the beginning, it started off as just a feature. And the more we built it out, the more we realized, okay, if we added this just a feature and bring it out with the rest of Dead Social, not only is it going to be like the phase protocol itself will be ready, um, but it'll come out like four months later because we'll have to build out the rest of the platform as well. So we decided to split them off into two products to hopefully save the ecosystem four months early and save people a lot of money. So that was the thought process there. And it, it came up, I'd say, four months ago, um, if I had to give a, a time estimate. Cool. And just to kind of reiterate for anyone who's not familiar with FaZe or who maybe joined um, a little later. Uh, so FaZe is a protocol that you guys have built where um, projects... It's basically like an S, and please fill in anything that I'm missing or saying wrong. It's like an escrow, but it's an escrow where um, the funds get released based on meeting certain um, benchmarks that are promised within the project. Would you say that's correct? Bordy, <laughs> Bordy, did I get it right? You're up here too. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much got it right. Okay, so that's base protocol. And uh, what was I going to ask next? So that's okay. So everyone has to <laughs> devour a, a listener again. I'm going to invite him to co-host. So uh, the way that the funds are released within this escrow when certain benchmarks are made is that the community votes on whether they met these phases or not. And it is a default yes. So you have to go in and say, no, they're not doing a good job in order to veto it, basically. Is that, that's, that's it, right? I think I got it right. Uh, Devo's got his mic off, so, um, and looks like he's flashbanging emojis. Um, yeah, he's just <laughs> laughing his ass off. <laughs> I'd I mean, say that's pretty much right. It's a little more complex than that, but yeah. Cool. That's it, so. Well, that is phase protocol, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the default, yes. Okay, so what would you guys say, whoever's able to speak, which it looks like Devour just left. He just okay. So I thought he was derugging, not like rugging all of us. I'm really kind of I'm disappointed. Um, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't opt this Twitter space into phase protocol beforehand, which was my mistake. I'm sorry. Um, so we're all just completely rugged now. But so so Bordy, you're still here. Uh, what would you say the incentive is for projects? to participate in phase protocol um, because I think a lot of people would see it as like a restrictive thing. Like, okay, I'm going to go into this. These guys are going to hold my money for my project. I'm not going to get paid. Like, but what do you feel would be the actual incentive for a project to participate? I'd say probably the biggest thing is just gaining investor trust. I would agree with you there. It looks like we have our, our man back devour. He's uh, he's asking to co-host. Um, I have invited him. Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. You gain investor trust. I think I had heard mentioned too, there's that like uh, tax deferral could be a benefit to the owners. And I'm sure you guys can, can elaborate on whether that would be um, correct or not. And also that it, it gives projects more of like a, instead of everyone deeming you as a scammer and a rugger, if, if your project just fails, like if you just weren't able to deliver, um, you refund the community. <laughs> Bloody. Okay, he left again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone gets their money back, um, and then everyone can be, you know, happier than if a project just like abandoned. So that's another incentive in my mind. I'd also say uh, maybe the quality of investor. 
investing in your project. Uh, I'd probably be better knowing what's actually behind the scenes, you know, being uh, up front with all the information. And whatnot. Am I here? Can you guys hear me? You're back. Oh, let's You're live. go. I'm alive. <laughs> You're live. You're, I hear your sound and everything. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay. So when it comes from like, um, I guess I'll answer because I, I heard some of the questions. Um, but yeah, I think Birdie kind of hit it on hit the nail on the head there, right? Um, bringing in investor confidence. And I think that there's a huge thing that I could do there. And one of them is greatly increase the chance of, of mint out. Um, generally, when you're a Let's just say that you're someone who's thinking of investing into a project. I, I, I don't want to use the word investing for like legal reasons, but thinking of minting out a project, um, you're going to do so if you trust the team and you trust that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And I think this kind of builds that infra out and makes that possible. And I think another thing from a project side is you could theoretically charge a lot more for your mint because the the prospective minters are either going to get a, you know, a nice chunk of their money back or some of their money back, partial refunds, or they're going to get a team that executes on their promises. So I think people are going to be willing to put up more upfront um, if it's not a zero sum game anymore. So I think that's the issue right now is it is a zero sum game. Teams get hundred percent of mint proceeds up front and you just innately expect them to do what they say they're going to do, which, I think is kind of a flawed system and ruins incentivization structures. So I think this kind of realigns all of that. And in other, in other things, right, um, and there is a tax deferral benefits because you're not receiving all of those funds up front. And lastly is right now there are a, there's this bizarre lifelong social contract if you're a project owner that you're going to work on these things till the day you die. And if you ever take a month off or two months off, you're called a rugger and you're chased away from the space forever. Um, but I think that what phase can allow people to do is take away some of that oxygen for FUD as like, let's say you're a project owner being FUD. is never like a great feeling. So take away that oxygen and it gives you more oxygen to innovate. Cause if you fail, at least your holders know that there is still that recourse for them. So you can shoot for the stars and fail gracefully, which I think is something that's never happened before in this space. Um, and if you look at web two, I think it's like nine out of 10 projects, nine out of 10 startups always fail and they're never like clown for doing so. Um, generally you invest in the people that have failed because they've learned about stuff like that, right? They've, they've learned about how to properly run businesses, how to properly do things from those failures. But now you, if you fail on web three, you're chased away from here forever and you have to come back under another alias. Yeah, that was a that was a benefit that I saw as well for projects is not being deemed a scammer forever just because you're what you know as you say it your business fails because lots of businesses fail and it doesn't always mean you're a scammer. Sometimes it does, but sometimes but sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so that's cool. So I, I wanted to think, talk a little. Oh, I was going to go on one more thing is that it kind of it flips things on its head, right? Hopefully people will be more willing to hold your project and, and engage in your project more. I think that if they have a little bit more power and more say in your project, you're going to get a more engaged community. And if they know that if you fail, they're going to get some of their money back, why would they sell it? It just makes sense to hold and engage in communities now. So you might get a even more active and diamond-handed community, which I think as a project owner is 
is every project owner's dream. Dude, you're totally right. And we did a, an AMA with Centuries recently, and that was one of the things um, kind of built into their project is they have all this money, like stake the validator, right? And if, if for some reason, you know, they run out of their funds and the project just can't go any further, they will be able to refund everyone, at least some of their, their investments. So it's, it lowers your risk greatly. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely a reason to hold longer because it's less, less of a risk. Um, very cool. So, all right. So I wanted to move on if, unless you have anything else to add, I wanted to kind of dig into the logistics of how it works. So firstly, I was curious, like from the project owner's side, how, how much of the money do you put into this? Like, do you decide ahead of time? Like, is it all the mint funds that are broken out into certain phases or how does, how does that work? Yeah. So I think at the beginning, we'll probably have to handhold a little bit and help them build out their roadmap and build out their phases. Um, and cause basically what it is, is it's, you take a roadmap and you break it down into smaller phases, right? And these phases will then be the precursors for how you get paid out. So you will say, here's my roadmap and this is what I want to accomplish within each phase. And we can help you build that out. But the entire objective here is to be as objective as possible. So um, instead of saying something like this site will be live, you'll say this site will be live by this day with X functionalities. So the community can say, okay, that makes sense. This, it went live by this date and it was, it had this amount of stuff in it, like as make it as objective as possible with very specific criteria. So the community has basically a yes or no vote and there's not ambiguity. So um, that's the way it'll work. We'll handhold them for for a bit of it but um especially the beginning building out that roadmap but that's how that's the aim of it gotcha and now obviously projects are going to need some capital in order to do certain things and most of the time projects are raising that capital um through their mint funds or what have you uh i mean i guess they'll be getting like royalties and stuff too so i guess what i'm asking is does all of their does all of their money have to go into this if they're doing pro or if they're doing phase protocol or just, just some of it go in, if that makes sense. I mean, you could do either or if I'm not mistaken. I'm about to uninstall Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be really frustrated if I were you right now, but do not worry. <laughs> so way, the way it'll work, um, we're still brainstorming this and still talking it out, but um, the way that we think it'll work is we'll have a cap um, of what you can take out initially, which we'll call a phase zero because I think that launching a project, like marketing costs, those are always there. So getting reimbursed from that is nice. But you're also going to need funds to execute on your first phase. Um, so there'll be, you know, a, let's say, a, a specific cap or a specific percentage that projects can pull out from the initial mint. But um, that'll be made apparent to minters. So let's say that they want to take out 10% of mint. Then... There will probably be like a graphic that says like minting this is inherent risk of 10%. So you're going to get back in the event of a hard rug, you're going to get back 0.9 soul per one soul you put in. Something along those lines, just so everything is very transparent to the community. Gotcha. Okay. That definitely answers that question. Thank you. Um, now, as far as the, the refunds, if, if a project does come to the point where they need to refund, um, how does that process work? I think I heard that uh, the, the NFTs would be burned, uh, like you would send them to a burn address or something. Is that how that would work? Yeah, so the way it would work is it's like a claiming portal. Um, you would 
hop onto the site and there will be a notification. We're going to be partnering up with Notify to bring you notifications through the app. So you can get text me- text messages, um, telegram messages or emails notifying you of, of what's happening. But yeah, that's how it'll work. You'll Your NFT will be burnt and you'll get the refund amount. Cool. I'm going to have to hitch up about Notify because that, that sounds interesting to me. I started using Sense on my server, but that only does um, Telegram notifications. But like texts and emails sounds even cooler. So I'm interested in that. Um, now, will there be any benefits to dead monkey holders uh, in relation to phase protocol in the future? There is a goal in mind that I'd like to have for the dead monkeys, but for legal reasons, I can't guarantee it right now. Um, but I think one of the biggest ones is us becoming a actually properly funded NFT project. So we can kind of expand our horizons from there and build out anything we want, which I think is important, right? Because I don't think you ever see many projects besides there's only one project that I know of in existence that's built out existence that's built out any sort of utility with zero funding, and that is Soul Slugs, and they built out the Soul Incinerator. I haven't really seen anything else like it um, that has ever had no funding and built out something that's awesome. So, um, and in a co- with in partnership with them, we built out Phase Protocol, and now that we actually will actually be getting some some funds, we can build out even more awesome stuff for the monkeys. Cool. Well, that funding is kind of something else I wanted to ask you about. So have you considered for either Dead Monkeys or FaZe raising any type of venture capital? Generally, for, for FaZe, it becomes an option. Um, but for Dead Monkeys, no. I think Dead Monkeys is better as an organic, you know, grassroots community. Um, I don't want to get VCs involved in that. So not at the moment. Phase protocol is an option, but I'd also like to keep that as community focused as possible. Cool. Um, well, something that I thought of, or something that kind of came to mind um, when I was doing my research, is that Magic Eden likes to like borrow ideas, quote unquote, borrow ideas from the community, um, and just kind of implement whatever the fuck they can uh, under their. Com- company (laughs) sorry for the stutter there um so have you thought about this like competitors just stealing your idea or do you feel like you um have a plan for that or what are your thoughts on that possibility um i think that this is something that is super super complex and hard to build it might sound simple in its concept um but there's a lot of complexities to it and i do think a lot of especially big companies like if you were a magic eden one of your attempts and one of the things you want to do is remove as many complexities as possible. And another thing that this kind of does, let's say that you are a launch pad, is remove liability so you can outsource that to someone else. So from another business perspective, it makes sense to outsource it. Um, but, but yeah, there are other competitors, and I'm sure that there will be. But I also want there to be competitors. I want people to build things like this because um, I think that that means that the ecosystem is moving in the right direction. So I'm never going to be upset by competitors of something like this. And, uh, but I'll always be confident that my team and the product we're building is, is better. Well, mad respect <laughs> for that answer, uh, for sure. Um, are um, there any, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I do have to hop off here. I'm so glad that, um, I mean, we covered a lot of ground here. I'm really glad that you were able to join us. And yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. I appreciate you for having me. Feel free to stick around and, and pick MK and Birdie's brains. They've spent oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of time with me. So, But I'm, I am going to have to hop off. I, will, I appreciate right. you guys for having me, and uh, we'll talk soon. See ya. So uh, the next thing I wanted to ask was if there were any projects lined up currently, if you guys have time, of course, um, if there are any projects lined up currently for phase protocol or if like any official marketplaces or anything had spoken um, to phase about implementing that protocol. Um, I'm not sure how much I could talk about this, but yes, there's definitely talks and there's things in the works. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Good to hear. Well, I'm not surprised there. Um, right, so we covered when it slash. comes to yeah, first, um, we have been like notified in the Dead Monkeys um, Discord that there is interest, that there's already been a lot of projects, um, like tens of projects, um, approach phase protocol to discuss the implementation, whether or not like they'll go ahead with it, like from their decision-making perspective and also like dead monkeys and the other contributors um perspective is obviously something else but um there's been tens of projects interested so far i'd also like to add that at the end of the day it comes down to us you know spreading the word just to get it out there and you know gauge that interest and see how much better we can be you know yeah, absolutely. Like, I think this is the kind of thing that um, it really does come from the community members. Like, hey, have you guys considered doing phase protocol? Um, you know, it would make me feel more confident as an investor or, you know, as a as a community member. Um, and it could be this type of benefit to you. Like if, if you as a as a as an NFT degen or what have you, if you think that phase is a good idea, it is like it's kind of on us to bring it to, to projects um, and let them know that we want it. Cause it's the type of thing that could become like, it could become expected. You know what I'm saying? Like it could become a, a, something that's expected of projects to do. If, um, if a lot of people say that they want it. Um, right, so I have uh, a couple of questions that I know I've been wondering. Uh, it's definitely about Bordy and uh, Magic Dijon. I would love to hear um, what is, yeah, you guys' preferred pizza topping. I'm going to be hella controversial. I'm going to be super controversial here. <laughs> I like pineapple on pizza. Shoot me. <laughs> um, I like Hawaiian Damn. pizza, which is like ham and pineapple. But there's a lot of people that are like, why the hell are you putting fruit on pizza? Like, I'm pretty sure Italians would be offended. Um, but I also used to live in South Korea. And in South Korea, they put corn on pizza, um, which I'm sure Corn Kid would appreciate. But, um, yeah, pineapple is good on pizza. Don't hurt me. Bordy, spill the beans. And for me, right now, you know, it goes through phases, but I'd say meat lovers right now. A little bit of everything. Great. I'm not a fan of pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Dude, I have to say, I don't eat meat anymore, but I would agree with both of those. I used to enjoy some some Hawaiian pizza with some ham and pineapple on it. And I know for a fact that Batman likes pineapple on pizza. So, Bordy, you're outnumbered. 
as far as, <laughs> as, far as pineapple and pizza here. Um, okay, well, all right. Another thing that I would really like to know um, from you guys is what what would you ketchup or mustard? That's all I want to know. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup all day. Good question. Uh, no, I like ketchup. Um, but I think I like tomato sauce more because ketchup tends to have a higher sugar concentrate. Um, and I, I'm going to pretend to be healthy, even though I love sugar. Um, and as for mustard, I like honey mustard on chicken. So if, if mustard is involved, it's, it's nice if it's honey mustard and it's on chicken. I like it. So you have an argument for both. <laughs> honey mustard is good on chicken. I'm with you there. I used to really like, I miss meat. I really do miss meat. I used to like honey mustard, like on chicken nuggets and stuff. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm sure like everyone was dying to know <laughs> you guys' food preferences there. Um, I guess at this point I would open it up to the audience, but uh, we don't seem to have an audience anymore. Uh, but once again, I, I really appreciate you guys coming and uh, I do think that we covered a lot of ground on both Dead Monkeys and Phase Protocol. So, but yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Batman, for joining me as always. And um, I love doing these AMAs. I hope, I hope that Devour thought it was amazing because that's been like our uh, streak has been all the, all the, the guests have really enjoyed our AMAs. So I hope we did him well. Uh, Bordy, did you enjoy it? <laughs> oh, for sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem, man. Okay, well, we'll see you guys around. Enjoy the rest of your evenings. You as well. Take it easy. Thanks. Peace, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. This podcast was intended for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you heard should be considered professional financial advice. I'm very smart, savvy, and hilarious, but I'm not a licensed financial advisor. Crypto is highly volatile and a risky investment avenue, so never trade or invest with more than you can afford to lose, and always do your own research on projects and or seek licensed professional guidance before making your own investment decisions. I always look into projects and attempt to only share the ones that look the safest to me, but even I get fooled sometimes. Please know that I will not be responsible for any losses you incur. Don't worry, I'll edit this out later. <laughs> Damn!